Welcome to Reboot or Rewind, a podcast in which we talk about our favorite movies and TV shows and the reboots that are about to happen. I'm Ty. And I'm Rachel. And let's rewind back to 2000 and watch Gilmore Girls. <laughs> what you talking about, Will? You got it, dude. You little nasty. Hold on tight, spider monkey. So, Rachel, how's it going? Oh, it's going good. Um, I'm just hoping that it starts to cool down a little bit more outside. Um, every time I make a schedule for myself for the day, if any of that involves going outside, I tend to talk myself out of it now because <laughs> I really do not want to go out there. Um, I have to make sure I like walk my dog early in the morning and late in the evening because I'll die. I just, I cannot survive in this heat. Um, so I'm very much hoping that it starts to go below 90 again. Um, mm-hmm. I'm hoping fall comes soon because we're now approaching August or about to be in August. We'll be a week in August when this airs. So yeah, just hoping the weather goes down, but, um, yeah, I'm, you know, you know how I'm doing career wise. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully next episode, I can, I can say something official, but not yeah. now. <laughs> uh, how about yeah. you? Um, I have been playing the new Sims for high school years, mm. addicted. Yeah. And while I'm playing it, I've been listening to the new Beyonce album. So I've been just been hitting both of my mm-hmm. favorite, um, things ever. And it's been great. Uh, and I've been reading books because, you know, talk about our character for today. <laughs> you know, she's all about the books. I oh, even yeah. wear a book shirt. About reading is essential. Yeah. So you're <laughs> so you're about as one dimensional as Rory is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love, we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna talk about it. But before we, you know, start our actual podcast, we have to introduce our guest. Speaking of books, speaking of someone who you know, recommend me books all the time that I read and I love. I read Tori. Burr, 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 burr. <sighs> Tori is a movie and TV buff that will always be a Veronica Mars Sun, an Annabeth Chase Moon, a Stanislavski's Rising. Her TikTok is editorializing where she talks at nauseum about books. Hey, Tori, how's it going? Hi. Um, hi, I'm so excited um, to talk about this. I've been dying to talk about it for a hot minute. <laughs> I cannot explain how much I love Gilmore Girls and how many times I've rewatched. Let's just say this position was coveted. So many people wanted to be on this podcast episode. We're like, I was like, no, it has to be Tori because I know how much you love Gilmore Girls. Every time I talked about someone's like, oh, I would love to be on your show. I want to do Gilmore Girls. I was like, no taken sorry yeah the amount of people oh, we had it. to turn away in your wake is incredible <laughs> yeah oh my God. i feel so honored wow um i feel like i was chosen for valedictorian of shilton so thank you so much um this honor is is great to me as people know we we're talking about gilmore girls which has a really bit of a resurgence but just in case someone hasn't watched it in a while rachel tell us a little bit about the show yeah absolutely so it was created by the iconic amy sherman paladina um who i hope is not problematic i didn't actually look up so i hope it's okay to call her iconic um gilmore girls was a comedy drama series that first debuted on the wb in 2000 and ran for seven seasons 
It centered around single mother Lorelai Gilmore as she raises her teenage daughter Rory Gilmore in a small town named Stars Hollow, full of colorful characters. Lorelai struggles to ease years of tension with her wealthy parents, Richard and Emily, becomes kind of a driving uh, force in the show. While experiencing many ups and downs with her relationships and career, Rory has her own boy troubles, of course, while also juggling the successes and failures of her Ivy League education. With its witty and fast-paced dialogue, the show quickly became a cult classic and has been in daily syndication since 2004. Um, So we'll let our guest speak first on this. What was your general opinion of this show? Yeah, so it's really important to talk about how I am a Black femme, and um, that means that I and no one that looks like me or identifies similarly to me show up anywhere in this fucking series, Um, except for the one character, uh, the first year of college, that's like, she has braids and Roy's asking her about like, so how do you like talk to guys? Yeah, except for her, no one else. Um, But for me, Gilmore Girls is science fiction. And I know you might be thinking like, what does that mean? And so it's science fiction because never in a million years could I ever imagine being best friends with my mom um never would I imagine my mom wanting to be best friends with me like several times she has said to me I'm not one of your little friends and I'm like you're right you're not girl um but also because like the life that Rory and Lorelai live is one of like privilege and just like fantasy that does not at all look like anything I've ever known and so I can enjoy it if I view it as science fiction yeah that's an interesting take I mean I I, it's I think a lot of people see it very much like as an aesthetic show because it very much is it's it's presented as this otherworldly thing it's yeah it seems so disconnected from reality but there's a there's an escapism to that which i think is why we are drawn to science fiction as well as escapism a little bit yeah for sure i definitely see it as escapism in the science fiction way where i'm like i mean is this possible sure is it plausible absolutely not but i'm also just really like drawn to the character arcs over the show and i'm really um there are some characters and we're gonna get into that later that like i love and actually my number one comfort character of all time is in this show and I can't wait to talk about them I think it also was something so wholly original Um, I think it gets into a lot about family trauma and particularly like emotional things that your parents do and we love a first love story and we also love second chances and and rivals and it just Gilmore Girls has it all as someone who loves the book seven days in June and also Treed, I love Gilmore Girls I was like I need my second chance love story on beat but I read when I was on Tumblr like regularly um it was this funny thing about Gilmore Girls is like, Gilmore Girls is Twin Peaks without the murder. And I totally <laughs> see that. Um, and I think that's why I love Gilmore Girls. I feel like that's why I don't like the later seasons because I like the community. I like Stars Hollow. I think that's what made the show 
I think top tier. Like I think the romance and the family dynamics is very good, but what made it the top tier was the community engagement of the Taylor Dosey and like and Kirk and like all like you know I think that's what makes it the best. But that's why I love the show and I definitely started watching the show on ABC Family. I was not watching the show at six years old, <laughs> but I definitely by like thirteen this was it. But I didn't watch it in order. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say until like college and I watched it on Netflix like and then I watched it like in order which is great because that was right time when they're like oh we're doing the revival so I'm like oh let me go and like read through all of them but yeah I was just thinking because like I I never watched it when it was on tv um I watched it for the first time when it finally came on Netflix my sophomore year our our sophomore year of college Mm -hmm. and it was I feel like it was the perfect time to start watching it because it was fall we lived in the in the small town. I won't name it because it's a big secret on the pod where we went to college. Um, but <laughs> it was a small town in the mountains, and it's fall, and that's the that is the Gilmore Girls aesthetic. Is this small town, especially the fall and winter seasons? I smell snow. Exactly. Yeah. So I just got cradled into the kind of the the warmth of the show, and I think the pilot of this show is the most perfect pilot ever written because she does such a good job of introducing each of these dynamic characters one by one in in very intimate moments that show who we who they are by the end of the pilot you know the characters of this town you know who they are and they kind of stick to that throughout the series so you really get lulled into that like like you're a member of this town like you know these people um and and she does the the creator just does such a good job of getting you to that point just even in the pilot and then introducing the kind of antagonistic the charming antagonistic presence of the the grandparents um it just wraps you up into it so I, I think it's an easy show to get lost in. I mean, definitely, though, what Tori brought up is that it, it very much lacks diversity. I mean, I, it takes tokenism to a whole nother degree. It said we have Michelle and we have Lane, so we're good throughout the whole series. <laughs> and then just yeah. your disrespect of Mrs. Kim. Mm-hmm. The erasure of Lane's dad. I mean, yes. let's talk about it. Um, yeah, I think about that a lot. And all of, uh, yeah, we can, you know, we'll get into the revival because that is, we, we'll talk about the revival. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. I got, I got, <laughs> that's a different show. But, anyways, yes. I have many things to say about I can't the revival. Wait. But before we get to all that, I do have, so BuzzFeed did a ranking of the best and worst characters of Gilmore Girls. And looking at, I think it's going to be quite controversial. So, we're going to start I'm already now. deciding they're wrong. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I, I've almost never agreed with what other people say about this, <laughs> these characters. Okay, so we have on numbers, so it, it's out of 13. Okay. And so the, the 13 is Christopher. Oh, and yeah. I can see Christopher. A best? No, the I think worst. that's the worst. Yeah, the I think worst. Oh, okay. okay. I don't know what's going on. Let's fight. Okay. All right. So we're starting off with the worst. So we could do a, uh, when we go to each character, we could talk about like, yeah. would you put them as the worst? I guess compared to everybody else. I think so. If it's just major characters, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't even know if I would think of him if I had to list characters from Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. He very much does not know what he wants and he's mm-hmm. not very present in Rory's life. I, as long as number 12 is who it needs to be, I can accept Chris being 13. Yeah. Uh, now, yes. if, now if uh, the person who is 
the worst is not 12, then we'll revisit. I, I'm going to do 12 and 11. Like, we're, we could do, like, three at a time. Okay. Um, 12, I, I'm just going to say right now, disagree. 12 is Sookie? What? No, okay. And here's here's what I have to say about that. I was like, Christopher is unequivocally like terrible. Like he yeah. is a bad dad. He's a bad partner. Yeah. Like he like doesn't even know what he's doing with much. Like just all of this stuff. But I can except that he is worse because his bad decision making was from like age 16 onward right and he like never grew never learned never got it together and that is the only reason why he's worse than Mr. Dean Forrester he's 11 he's 11 yeah I'm glad Dean is down Dean needs to be 12 and Suki being easily like top four because for me also he wants to do is like bake things and cook delicious food and roll around in the carrot patch with Jackson and you know stop Davey from putting stuff up his nose like I don't I just I'm not understanding it's so entirely disrespectful to sandwich her between Dean and Christopher I I mean I, I think that's blasphemous she's easily one of the best characters on the show um so let me just say the first sentence and i think that kind of encapsulate what what they were um doing i guess what they were thinking when they made this it says suki was an unreliable and selfish friend what sure she was fun and she loved Lorelai and rory but she really left Lorelai to deal with the things on her own when it came to opening the Dragonfly Inn to the point of sabotaging their success. She refused. I also just kind of feel like that's not true. And just because we had one episode that that was the main plot point for Lorelai does not mean that everything else about Suki goes down the drain. I think about like how good of a person in general you have to be to put up with Lorelai's antics to want to go into business with one of the flakiest human beings on the planet who literally can go hey parent can you give me money because you have millions of it but chooses to not because i I want to do it on my own like what and then also just the way that like i think that is that phobic i think you want suki to be a doormat that explanation is stupid yes i totally agree i also think that yes suki was very passionate about her food because that's what she wants that's her life that was her that was a lot of it It was like she and she got mad at lorelei when she postponed her relationship with her wedding with luke i would have been mad too you got me here cooking all this food got me doing all this stuff and then you like no we're not getting married again didn't you just four seasons before also Cancel the wedding while everyone else is trying to get it, get it together, get that shit together. I would have been, I would have been mad too. This is your second time in what three years? You just canceling weddings. 
I also think about when they were like catering the uh that Lord of the Rings birthday party mm-hmm. like Lorelai was like oh yeah Suki you do the food and like the setup and I'll do everything else and it's like again you weren't clear on expectations Lorelai loves to not have a conversation and then decide that the other person is wrong and like, okay, you have had a kid. Suki ha- does not have a child. Suki has never been around children because it really seems like all of the other kids that Rory went to school with, aside from Lane, uh, don't exist. So Suki's never engaged with those children, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, why would Suki know that she is like a like a chef? in a fine dining, you know, situation. Like, why would she know that? And yeah, no. Yeah, I think calling calling her a selfish friend is enough to discredit this entire list because there's, there's if there's anything that Suki is not, it's selfish. I remember multiple, every time she talks to Lorelai, it's usually like her letting Lorelai rant about whatever's going on in her life, like pushing a lot, pushing aside whatever's going on in Suki's life, like just letting Lorelai rant, getting excited about Lorelai's news, like, just being there for her every step of the way. And multiple times I'm watching that show thinking like, Lorelai's not a good friend back to her. Um, so to call her a selfish friend is just ridiculous. I completely disagree okay. with that placement. I'm going to do the next three. Two of them, we can table the conversation when we talk about, you know, the boyfriends. The next two are our yeah. boyfriends. So number 11 is Dean and number 10 is Logan. Um which I know we're going to talk about later, yeah. but I, 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 I'm already not just, I'm ready to disagree with this list. Nine is Richard. Um, wow. Which is interesting. And eight is Emily. So I, I kind of understand Emily. Emily does, is very rude a lot of mm-hmm. times, but yes. Richard, uh, probably just because of what he does in season, yeah. I think six or something that kind of really like that. I think they just wanted to have a rift between him and Emily is why they made him do that. Yeah. Um, but he's like chill. He's a cool grandpa. So I'm surprised that he's lower than Emily. I think also like when you talk about the relationship between him and Lorelai wasn't good either. Yeah. Things, I guess so like I could see that. I could see that. Seven is Rory, which is very interesting to put one of the main characters so low on the list. But I feel <laughs> like Rory is one of those is one of those characters that um People don't watch it for Rory. People yeah. don't watch the show for Rory. Let's just say that. Um, well, can we? So, can we talk about Rory then for a second? Mm-hmm. She said she. So she's right above Emily. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm surprised she even made it above the grandparents. I. I, I mean, I would put her at twelve. Um, I think she's she's the most bland character on the entire series. I think she's an easy, like, uh, what's it called, uh, base to like have like. She's a good reflector of everyone's personalities around her, but she has like two defining personality traits. She likes to read. And she cheats on her boyfriends? And she cheats on her. <laughs> yeah, she has no idea what she wants regarding love. Um, she's so basic and she's like um, kind of immature. And I think they build her up in the beginning of the series. Like she's more mature than people her age, but she does not really grow up in the series. And we'll talk about it with the revival, but that doesn't really change much with the revival either. She really has not shown a lot of growth. So I think she's the most boring in the entire series. I think it's interesting that like your barometer for like who is the worst, 
with concerning Rory involves like her being boring and basic Mm -hmm. because for me like why I'm like Rory like you suck is because her utter disregard to take any responsibility for anything she does Mm -hmm. but if anything she does happens to be good she's like oh yeah I did that yeah uh I also think about like how she is so like she really thinks that she is better than people and she operates from that point all of the time and she will make excuses after excuses after excuses for her behavior what so I you know I'm not the biggest like Logan fan right but one thing that Logan said to her which really I was out here just like not you got me out here rooting for Logan was when she was like I'm not like one of you like and he was like wait 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 you are here with us aren't you um the uh, daughters of the American Revolution aren't you talking about your parent your your ancestors coming over on the Mayflower um you grew up within this realm of well even like though your mama tried to be like oh no we're gonna like go over here you always had a safety net Mm -hmm. right and you went to Chilton you went to Yale you got into the Ivies like you have so much that you did not work for or you worked for while standing on the shoulders of someone else like the access that you have had don't for a minute try to play like you aren't one of us mm-hmm. and i was like damn not you got logan out here spitting facts making me agree with this man <laughs> i think also with rory everyone is a gifted like most of my friends are gifted child burnouts and instead of being accountable to that and like rising up she was like i am still the best like when she was on the phone with that lady who who didn't give her the job because she didn't she actually like she didn't want the job she actually like she was too good for the job it's like she didn't learn she didn't grow from from when the last time we saw her 22 to like 32 like there was no growth but i think also rory and this is because the whole town put her on a pedestal yeah we talk about the boyfriends when she broke up with dean the first time i'm not saying that dean was right i'm not trying to be a dean apologist out here but luke fired him in the outside of the like that's uncalled for it's uncalled for all right so next is i think the next three are probably big fan favorites so six is kirk five is jess and four is paris i don't know why but on tiktok people love kirk i mean i like kirk too because you know but i feel like he's like people like like the the character who's there for no reason like because sometimes he just be there just to be annoying to luke (laughs) like i feel like that's sometimes or dozy or anything like that he was a good comic relief i i don't Mm. see why anyone would have a reason to not like him i i can see maybe being annoyed by him and Mm. i can see him i can see someone like not having him as one of their favorite characters but i i can't see any reason why he would be a bad character Mm -hmm. he's a comic relief he's five (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> like, you know in the middle in the upper middle yeah. um but what about jess and paris so paris being we'll just save jess and for paris. our boyfriend conversation yeah. with rory but Par- paris I, I mean i like paris mm-hmm. she's a bit much and she's probably like she feel she feels like maybe a little too opinionated with certain things and the way she's talking to some politicians earlier and the way she has that 
pull them up by your bootstraps kind of at- attitude. I just feel like I probably wouldn't agree with her on a lot of things. But, but like, that's just <laughs> it, though. The way that you see Paris and the way that you've just described Paris is how I see everyone in Stars Hall. I'm going to see everyone on the show is that they all, like, given the opportunity to like whatever one i know i know lorelei has listened to hip-hop and said the n-word i know she has i know someone's gonna be in the comments mad but like no because they're all like those like fake liberal white people who are like whatever yeah no like you the only reoccurring like character of color well, I mean, okay, let's talk about like, uh, and because I'm not going to say it, the mechanic of the series, right? Her name is literally a racial slur, right? Like, bah, that's not okay. Uh, starts with a G. Are we, are we oh, yeah. Yes! <laughs> yeah. It's literally a racial slur for Romani people. Like, dude, what? Um, she's kind of seen as like a little shifty too with like uh they make her like where she's kind of like scamming people with her prices right she's yeah. shifty she's cheap and i'm like what's that about amy huh. um <laughs> and then also i think of michelle and how like michelle's clearly queer and when that could have been a moment to have a queer black man on a show and to give him a storyline, Michelle is completely desexualized. Mm-hmm. Michelle is whatever. And I just think about like the ways that like Lorelai talks to Michelle and talks about Michelle. I'm like, girl, why are you doing this to Michelle? Literally the only black person in this whole town you don't think that's weird you don't think that's suspicious yeah. like and constantly chastising so, like, for not being for me, nice like i think mm-hmm. so much about how like rory and paris are foils for each other when it comes to class when it comes to like their viewpoints in that they're not opposites, right? Like, oh, your foil doesn't have to be your opposite. Your foil, though, is someone who brings out something that, like, doesn't exist, or n- not even doesn't exist, but, like, doesn't necessarily come out in conversations with other people or, like, in interactions with other people. And I feel like for Rory in Paris, like, Rory's thinking the same things. She just has always thought of herself and always places herself as this altruistic person who just like does great things. And I've read so much about whatever, and that has just made me great. Whereas Paris's intellect was always like demonized and like okay yeah you're so smart and you're cold and you're cruel and you're this and whatever and it's like Rory and Paris are so similar in all of those ways but Paris owns that like she can be a bitch at some points Paris is unapologetic for how she shows up in spaces and Rory I feel like is like what do you mean oh my god I could Mm -hmm. never oh woe is me and it's like girl (laughs) yeah they make her like sweeter and softer than the like the tell it like it is paris but they probably yeah are very similar i think that was very 2000s feminism though like paris was to symbolize the if she was a man people would 
you know, think that she was great, but because mm-hmm. she's a woman, then she's chastised, which I guess, I mean, I'm not going to say that's not true, but that's very much an early 2000s look on feminism. But I also think that if Rory was deemed as the pretty one, and I feel like that's why she got a lot of things, like especially in the in the episode with that secret society sorority in their high school, mm-hmm. like Paris really wanted to be in it because she understood the legacy and all that stuff. And Rory just fell into things because she was pretty and cute and quiet. And she liked to, she was in the corner reading books. Mm-hmm. The same thing that when we, I mean, when we talk about the boyfriends, all the AKA love interest, when we talk about Tristan, I feel like that was the same thing too. I feel like Rory and Paris, I mean, I guess because Paris, um, because Rory, because Lorelai was so cool she knew stuff about like music and and you know pop culture that Paris didn't know because she wasn't just against books but I feel like she knew that stuff because of her mom and not really because she was interested in those things or because of Wayne because Wayne was cool and Wayne listened to all that music it, I feel like that cool parts came from other people and not from Rory and I feel like Paris got the brunt of that outlook but um and so here are the top three. So Lorelai is three, Lane is two, and Luke is one. Absolutely not! <laughs> People I, love Luke. People I, wish, love I don't understand. People love Luke. And I'm just like, I understand people love the grumpy sunshine trope or whatever. But like, okay. like Season six really opened my eyes about like, no, no, no. I'm like, Luke, you are uncommunicative you are withholding you are emotionally stunted you are judgmental so judgmental you are not cooperative or collaborative you are just like you only ever want to have a serious conversation after things have gone south and even then you yell so much and like very much like Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make up for it. I'm gonna apologize by doing the grand gesture. No, no, that's man- yeah. I, that's manipulative. I don't like that. No. Yeah. I mean, I I love Lane. I reject. I reject it. I'm happy that Lane is number two because the first line is Lane deserved better. Lane always deserved better. I vote for her to go to California to be with Dave. Like, because okay sorry sorry dave over zach because i guess i don't remember maybe i really remember dave that much zach gotta go that awful Zach is like that like boyfriend who is like completely useless and then he gets mad at you because you're special like literally writing all these songs writing sheila and and liz or whatever the songs were called and like that being you getting mad that brian wrote a song called lane and you're like oh i'm gonna wear my britney spears mic and be upset with you because somebody else said to be nice to you and then it's like you don't I hate Dave re- read the whole Bible and right, right. so Dave she could get Bible. with Lane so he could convince her mom so he could take her to prom. I was like, Dave. yeah, I guess I, I forget a lot about Dave, but I, you, you know, now that you I mentioned that, I can never forget Dave. I can never forget Dave. I don't uh, know. 
it's it's hard because I think Zach's the only one that the show actually allowed to have a, a fully developed relationship with Lane. I feel like they sent Dave away too soon. So it's hard to compare because Zach is endgame for Lane. It's hard to compare anyone else. But I, feel I like would never has low self-esteem. I feel like if she knew how bad bitch she was, she would not stay with Zach. Well, that's just it. That's just it. I don't think Lane has low self-esteem. I think that Lane did not see a life outside of like stars hollow after the band decided to come back and it's just like if they were really serious about their music and like they would have gone on tour and then moved someplace else and i understand that like um gil gil Mm -hmm. Gil, yeah whole family and all that but like Move to Hartford at least. Like bare bare minimum, like, move to Hartford. I do. I I very much appreciate that Lane made it, Lane made it in the top three, um, because I think she deserves to be in the top three. I think she's also one of the most well developed characters on the show because from the very beginning, they they make her interests very clear and they stick to that and they allow her to develop that and turn that into a career and an interest. Because even in seasons one and two, she's scene is like she can't stop talking about music she loves music she wants to do to the party she's hiding cds from her mom and stuff and and they and they develop that all the way through um and so i think she's a very well written character and t- in regards to luke and lorelei being in the top three i gotta say my barometer for these characters is how long i could have a conversation with them without getting annoyed luke and lorelei it'd be immediate for me i'd have to, i'd have to leave the room lorelei just seems like you ha- really have to work to talk to her and luke yeah he would seem like he, he'd be like biting my head off within a minute or like telling me i'm doing something wrong or not thinking the right way about something just because i don't agree with him and like i don't know They're, both of those characters are just not very appealing Mm-hmm. Lorelai would 100% touch both me and Ty's hair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even look like this. She'd be like, oh my God. It's like, so nice. Up in it. Yeah. And she would 100%. do like some reference about a cloud and think it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm like, I know earlier you were like, I hope Amy Palladino isn't problematic or whatever. And like, for me, even if like, she's not canceled, like I am just very, very like, Amy is just so clearly a white woman, like a white woman. Mm -hmm. And so like, even like Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I love that show down, but I still see so much of that reflected in the character and the writings of like, you really, really only want to tell stories about white people and about upper crust white people. Those are the only people you want to tell stories about. And like, yeah, 2000, you know, so the the pitching season of like 1999, yeah, that's that's who people wanted to see on TV or whatever. That doesn't make it right. But like, okay, framing it that way, I still a problem. And, Mm -hmm. but like- still years later you've not done anything to change how you're creating these shows and like inclusion isn't there the diversity isn't there and like yeah I'm sure there's people listening to this podcast right now who are like it doesn't have to be diverse it doesn't have to be inclusive this is just her experience she's making the okay cool and like Mrs. Maisel takes place 
in New York of all places. You mean to tell me ain't no black people walking around the back? Okay, cool. You mean to tell me like, you don't hear like several different languages being spoken? And so when I think about like Stars Hollow, it just is confusing to me that like these very obvious class problems don't come up because it's like they come up when we're talking about Lorelai not being able to afford uh, something for the end, but yet and still there's takeout all of the time. And it's like, this is a small town. So you're not getting like Domino's uh, two for five pizzas, you know, like you're paying $17 for a pizza. So yeah. it doesn't make sense. And also when someone does bring it up, the way that Rory talks about it and stuff, I get, like going back to the, you know, when um, the way that Logan kind of checked her. I remember the episode where Emily goes and visits Stars Hollow and she sees where Lorelai and them were living and she cries. Because she's like, you, like, I didn't say you don't have to be, I didn't say you don't like us or whatever, but you decide to live here, then live in, like, to live in a van, like, you know, in the mansion. And, and Rory had no, like, she was like, she's like, what's wrong with it? Like, we did it. And like, she didn't, like, she didn't undercomprehend the stats, like how Emily can feel that way, which I understand because she is a teenager. So I have to remember that she is, she was like 16 at the time. But even when Lorelai was talking to Emily about it afterwards, it was like, she had no remorse about it. It was like, yeah, uh, I decided to leave, which yes, I know, whatever. But yeah, I, I don't know. I just think that the, it also was, we could talk about when Dean and Lindsay and all that stuff, like, I know that was a, also kind of a class and like a situation that they didn't really want to talk about. But I also think that as someone who's been to Connecticut, it is very, it's very rich, but it's also like very poor as well. Like there are very much parts of Connecticut that is very poor, very factory towns kind of thing. And then of course there's very upper crust of Connecticut, like what people know of Connecticut. So it's weird that they didn't have that dynamic more in the show because I would think Stars Hollow would be like in the cusp of that mm -hmm. um being a such a small town but yeah it's I also weird that, that Taylor Dosey was not on this list but yeah I think that goes back to what Tori was saying in the beginning though about this being this feeling like science fiction a little bit is that this small town is a, a thing of um fiction because there's certain things and like I think Stars Hollow it's like everybody seems to be pretty comfortable when it comes to like financial status. Like every time Lorelai needs money, she can borrow from someone. Luke out of nowhere has like enough money to loan her a bunch of money and buy a house or something. And like everyone, the, the events they throw in the town, it's like, what taxes are you guys paying to be able to- <laughs> I want to know about the infrastructure, okay? Yeah. I want to know about the infrastructure. So it feels like and a no full town. And yeah, everybody's just walking around enjoying themselves by like, you see this picturesque, just like buying candy from the soda shop and like everyone's just having a good time shopping everywhere. Um, Lorelai just goes and picks up some face lotion for Rory and it's like $45. Um, at this like town in stars hollow and it's just like this is not a feeling very realistic we're not seeing any division of class we're not seeing like anything that uh could show a, a realistic portrayal of of the working poor of, of living below the poverty line of anything like that um which feels like fiction to completely leave out even though lorelei's supposed to be struggling financially yeah but where because that's a big ass house they have
Yeah. Okay, yeah. And then I, I'm so glad you talked about the face cream and like the prices of stuff. Cause they would say like the prices of things. And I remember being like, that's a lot of money. What? And like I just put it in like the like the inflation calculator. Like the $45 cream is like 70 bucks. Yeah. And no, it's, un- it's an unnecessary purchase. Right. Like <laughs> And they were always talking about Sephora. And, like, that's before VIB. Like, are you kidding me? But, I mean, also just... And this could just be also the styling of the show as well. Because Lorelai wears, like, Vivian Westwood, like, all the time on the show. That's a $10,000 dress. So even the styling department did not get the memo. Like, they're like, okay, we're going to do idyllic. We're going to do... We're gonna do fall time. It's gonna look aesthetic. Like I feel like the set design got got the memo. But some of these wardrobes are are pricey. Are mm-hmm. are a lot of money. And yeah, you can buy it secondhand. But what secondhand shop near Stars Hollow is gonna have a dress remotely that much money? You know, like was Anna Nardini's um, vintage shop really banging like that? Don't make sense. <laughs> Don't make sense. Don't make sense. Also, their house is like millions of dollars. Like, they could never get property. Yeah. That just doesn't make sense that Lorelai would ever be able to afford that. Yeah. But I think that's just like TV. Magic. But, you know, yeah, that's TV and yeah. like that. But, anywho, I feel like we got to get to, we got to get to the, the meat. Like, when okay. people want to listen to Gilma, when people want to listen to people talk about Gilma girls, they want to talk about the boyfriends. And yeah, I guess we could all go question. around. We could all go around and say who is out of the three, because I think one of my favorites is not in the three, but mm. in the big three, who was Rory's best boyfriend? Yeah. So I think that grown up Logan was the best boyfriend to Rory. Um, I think that after being out in the real world and him actually having to like grow up and him uh, treating Rory well and like taking responsibility for like his actions and like that, okay, cool. I also appreciated in the finale um, how he's very clear of like what he wants of like yeah like I I want to marry you I want to be with you and that's where I'm at and when she says no he doesn't try to beg or plead or whatever he doesn't you know throw the the tantrum that we all know Dean would throw and has thrown several times um he doesn't skulk off the way you know the jazz skulk (laughs) um but i am also just absolutely the best person like the so like if the question is who's the best person that rory dated not the who's the best boyfriend it's just mariano okay (laughs) let me tell you why did you drop out of yale (laughs) I love him. 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 Rachel's face right now is. I love Jess. Jess is my number one comfort character of all time out of everything I've ever read, watched, viewed, interacted with. I will love Jess Mariano till the day that I die. And I know a lot of people are like, 
you would never date him in real life. And you're right. Okay. Cause I got sense, but like, I love a misunderstood, like, I'm too cool, but also it's 22.9 miles to get, like, I, I love, like, I eat that shit up with a, like, with a fork, okay? Like, that, I love Jess Mariano, but I am also, like, from the moment we meet him in season two, episode five, uh, Sid and Nancy, no, Nick and Nora, Sid and Nancy. Okay, look, I love that episode so much. Like, I just think Milo is such a great actor. And like, just from the moment he steps on screen, I'm like, oh my God, what is, who is this person? Like, what's the deal? And I remember like watching that episode for the first time and not knowing where this was going to go, but feeling like there's just so much chemistry here. And just like, I'm interested in what this person has to do. And it's so odd and so random that this kid is now who we've never heard about has like gotten off this bus. Like, what is this? Um, But also then how he, you know, Jess writes a book and he opens a printing press and he is like doing well for himself. And he, you know, is, is, respectful of you know of of himself when Rory you know kisses him when she's like pissed at Logan or whatever and he's like no not like this like because he knows that like he wants to be with her and she's over here playing with his heart playing with his feelings okay and this is him being like no like I know that I deserve better than this so I stand just Mariano forever and ever. Amen. Yes. Um, uh, Rachel, do you want to go? <laughs> I think Rachel, do you want me to go first? Because I am very much agreeing with Tori. Because I feel like with your face, you're like, no. So maybe let, let me tack on to a couple of things. Because I do think that the best boyfriend to me is probably Tristan um love interest is probably Tristan and the adult version of Tristan is definitely Logan so I don't look at me like that I think that if Tristan stayed there for the longest I think he would have been a great high school boyfriend um I think he had the edge that Jess had but also he was a part of that world and I feel like he could have like you know balanced and also Maybe because I've been reading too many reverse harems. I was like, why can't she date all? She could have dated all three of them at the same time. But, you know. do reverse harems. Um, <laughs> but I do think that Jess is probably my favorite character. I'm probably going to be Team Jess till I die. But it's also because, like I said in the beginning, I love Second Chance Love. If you want to ask what my favorite trope is, it's probably a Second Chance. And what greatest thing like a beach read is them coming back and her giving her the idea for the book and them being together and it would be great um but you know we could talk more about you know when we talk about the revival I could talk more about that but um I don't like Dean Dean sucks um when like I mean Dean sucked before he cheated on his wife but he definitely sucked when he cheated on his wife um I don't know why he got married so early but you know that's 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 just a lot but yeah so here's why I don't like Jess. Um, and I, I have you don't like Jess. <laughs> listen, uh, you know, you like who you like. The tough thing with Rory is like, I really like to choose a boyfriend for a character. You have to like root for the character. 
you have to be like, oh, who, who like deserves her? Like who would be the best match for her? It's really tough. Cause like, so then the best guy of it all, they might be too good for her. So that I, it's, it's tough for me to choose someone for Rory. I'm going to choose someone for Rory, Paul from the revival. <laughs> um, so I think she needs someone on her level. I do like Tristan. I think Tristan walked so Logan could run. Um, Tristan could have had a really kind of similar arc and could have been like the privileged kid who doesn't want to acknowledge his privilege, wants to rebel against his privilege. And Rory has that kind of thing too, where she doesn't really acknowledge her privilege. So they could have kind of grown together. Would have loved to see that. Here's why I don't like Jess. Jess has a very much, if, if chip on my shoulder was a person, that's Jess. He very much wears that as like a personality trait. And I also feel like Jess, he like, it seems like he has to determine that someone is cool enough to talk to him for him to give them the time of day. And I feel like he would judge me for like liking certain music for watching the bachelor for he's the kind of guy who'd be like, I don't do small talk. Ask me what my fears are. Um, it's like, he's trying to live that Jack Kerouac trying to be that. I don't know. It seems like, it seems like a, a front. He doesn't seem real. I don't, listen, I totally understand why you guys like, <laughs> I just, I just feel like I couldn't talk to him. I feel like I couldn't be real with him. <laughs> I feel like he's just, I feel like I'd be like, oh, have you listened to this new Adele song? And he'd be like, oh, I don't, I don't listen to that mainstream garbage. Have you heard this like latest rainbow kitten surprise song or something? My mouth is a gate. <laughs> But I just like, I just feel like he'd be like a killjoy. Or like if I if I asked him to go out with me and my friends or something, he'd be like, what, are we just going to dinner? Why don't you guys learn to live? Let's go look at the stars. Like, oh my God. <laughs> just be normal. And just Jess like, Mariano would normal. never say that. <laughs> I mean, I just like, I don't know. And maybe All right, so like, that's, so like, that's so interesting because I feel like uh, having a conversation with Dean, I would cuss him clean the fuck out um, because he would be like, I don't let my growth up. <laughs> I knew. Um, I would, yeah, I'd cuss him clean the fuck out. Um, Tristan and I would have a great conversation. And what I really like, because I never count Tristan as boyfriend. Like, I'm always like, yeah, love interest, yeah, for sure. So if we're talking love interest, I love Tristan, um, not because I feel like there's so much potential there. And also, you know, you don't date people's potential, you date their reality. And so like, don't date Tristan as he was. And for me, I think a conversation with Logan, he would be trying to prove to me that he was smarter. And like that, you know, like that, that like confrontation between Logan and Jess in the restaurant, I feel like that's what any conversation I had with Logan would be like, mm -hmm. except for like, I'd be trying to talk to him and like, he would still be like, da -da 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 -da. and I'd be like, okay, you must not know who you're talking to. But Jess, I feel like is someone who I would have one of the best conversations with. Jess and Lane, like, beautiful wonderful friendship with both of them absolutely for sure but i also want to acknowledge okay for everybody out here i'm gonna say something really really brave um 
Tristan is just Logan and Jess together. Okay, thank you. Yeah, no, I, mean, I can see that. And and I do like, I do want to say between Logan, Dean, and Jess, I will admit Jess is the best of those three. Like I, Dean is a piece of crap and Logan, I, I have no patience for Logan. <laughs> um, and so I, I definitely see what you're saying with that Tristan thing. Cause he has that kind of like privileged kid who wants to rebel with like Logan, but then he also is kind of like, he has that little bit of deepness like he wants to be philosophical about things um he wants to have real conversations with rory like i think he likes her because of that like he can actually kind of break down that cool kid fake thing Mm -hmm. and um so i kind of get what you're saying with that i like tristan and again jess is better than dean and logan so it's not that i i completely hate jess (laughs) i just i'm annoyed at him (laughs) i um I feel like I haven't expressed this. Um, I hate Dean Forrester. No, yeah, um, Dean's his right. background doesn't make sense. No, just like not even like thinking of him as like a love interest, just like him as a person. Um, he doesn't make sense because how do you come from Chicago and you're dumb? Like it does not make sense <laughs> that like he does not understand. Like he's one of those people that's like, I'm from Chicago. Are you really from Chicago? Where are you from? Name the intersections, name the streets. Like I don't trust that he's actually from Chicago. I feel like he's like Evanston. <laughs> he's right. Yeah. Dean is Evanston. Like I just don't <laughs> believe him. Yeah. Um, also, like, I feel like he gets dumber each season. And that doesn't make sense. And when Jess is like, so what is it? Like a teacher tutor thing? Like, I was like, right. Okay. Because like, what are you talking about with him? Because he's dumb. And then the whole like, oh yeah, I, I've only watched this movie because I have sisters. And then, I mean, continuity era, but yeah. It is something that is interesting. I never thought about the, the discontinuity between him supposedly have been being a city kid up until his like, 16th year and then suddenly his character turns into this oh he's never going to escape the small town like small town boy like doesn't know that any world outside of stars hollow kind of thing um because he kind of has that fate but it's like but he fully supposedly lived in i think they wanted to give him that cool city boy outsider vibe to like attract rory but then that was not part of his character. Yeah, they wanted to address the leather jacket. And I feel like <laughs> that was their way of like actually giving Rory like a bad boy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But no. I <laughs> sense. And also like if you're actually from Chicago, how are you gonna let Jess punk you like that? What? And then how are you gonna let Logan punk you like that? Just how you gonna let Luke punk? Honestly, everybody was punking Dean, which I mean, deservedly. I not to be a Dean apologist because <gasps> like, what you about to say? Hi. No, uh, not to be a Dean apologist. <laughs> but Rory towards the end was really punking him. Like I really, like, I swear, Rory, that whole thing with her and Jess, and I'm like fight fake flighting flirting kind of thing i was peeping it and i was like dean didn't even break up with her because clearly she's not into you no more like i felt like when i was re-watching it i was like is he a piece a horrible person yes i do not like like especially like the whole like breaking up with her because yeah i was dating for three months and she wanted to say i love you like that's really weird um but that whole like I mean, like literally every time she saw Jess, she got so angry. Like clearly that that's that's anger, you know, passion, you know, you know, masking as anger. Cause she really was like, and then she kissed him. 
didn't tell Dean. Why Dean was there? Dean was literally there, and she and she kissed Jess because Jess went to come visit her, and also went to New York to go see Jess. So like, I. Not to be like, I think he's all bad, but Roy was also a really bad girlfriend. <laughs> I would like to say, we, there is no indication that Dean had, you know, gone through some sort of something mm-hmm. that made him be dumb the way that he is that made him like oh i have to hold on to this person because xyz like it seemed like he was pretty popular it seemed like you know he did all right in school uh came from this like two-parent household in this big ass house like that like it just seemed like they was like like dean was like and he in the end of um the episode uh, where um, Jess and Paris come over to the house and they're eating Luke's. Uh, she's Rory's talking to Jess at the the counter, and Lorelai and Dean are staring at her, talking about Rory wouldn't lie, right? Rory wouldn't lie. Both of y'all could have been like, "Get it together! Why are you acting like this?" No, but because Rory is this perfect angel, like. You don't want, you see the truth in front of you. Okay. You see the truth in front of you. And both of y'all are like, I'm going to ignore this because it's inconvenient for me. And I feel like the only reason why Lorelai liked Dean is because the tours, like at the tours, the season two, when Jess came, they kind of made him like an all-American boy where, you know, he's that, you know, good old boy from the small town or whatever. Cause Jess reminded Lorelai so much about of Christopher. She's like, no, I gotta get that. I gotta get Rory away from him. But couldn't see like the faults in Dean. Like, why are you talking to my mother about our relationship? One, crazy. And then your your mother coming to you, talking to you sideways about your relationship with him. Like, I just felt like I like I said. I, that's why I feel like both of them are wrong. Um, that's why I'm not totally a Dean apologist because I do still do not like him. But Rory was a bad girlfriend. And then oh, 100%. In I'm season never defend Rory. <laughs> and then in season, what's that, four or five when when she had sex with him? And she's like, that's my Dean. And Laura's like, no, that's that's he's somebody else's husband. Girl, get it together. And the same, and then Dean getting mad at Lindsay that she that she knew that he cheated on her. And, they and then Dean gets mad at Rory when Rory comes after like Lindsay throws him out. Dean gets mad at Rory and says like, "Like I lost everything." It's like you made that choice. <laughs> you this Rory didn't force you to sleep with her. <laughs> um, yeah, it's crazy how in that whole situation Dean comes out as the of a terrible villain. Like he handled that so poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. For them, just like in like the next couple of episodes, be like, I'm not a part of your world anymore, am I? When he sees her hanging out with all the rich boys. But I mean, that's like the only time they ever really mentions class anyway. And yeah, I was just like, Dean, whatever. But it was so weird in the revival, going back to Rory being, but I guess, you know, once a a mistress, always a mistress, because she definitely was (laughs) being Logan's mistress as well. Like... She'll never learn. She never learns. Like, oh, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, um, I wanna clarify mm-hmm. that when I said the best boyfriend is growing up, Logan, I mean, I so 
I don't, I understand that the Palandinos um, did the revival. And to me, to me, the revival is not canon. I don't acknowledge it. Uh, <laughs> like, I only acknowledge it when it comes to Jess giving Rory the idea for it. Um, I have a theory about the revival that I will share with you, which is um, the Gilmore Girls original series that we watch is the book that Rory wrote. And the revival is who they have always been. And that is the only way that I'm okay with acknowledging the revival because I was so freaking excited like I was just like I was so excited I was in grad school and I stayed up so that I could watch all four of the episodes as soon as they hit Netflix like I was so excited and I watched them all and I just kind of sat there like oh Mm -hmm. I feel like this was tone deaf. I feel like this was like weird, like not even like a good weird, but like a, this just doesn't make sense in the timeline. There are so many things that like, don't feel like the original show that like are, don't allow for any growth of the characters to have happened. And so you're telling me that, because well, it what it, ta- it takes place like what 15 years later or something yeah like something pretty a large yeah time. like a, a, a significant amount of time you're telling me that like Lorelai still hasn't learned to communicate you're telling me that Rory is still this utterly selfish human being who disregards any and everything that is not solely about her. You're telling me that like Luke still <laughs> doesn't emote? Like what? It, this doesn't make sense. And the 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 Emily made situation of it all to create a um non-distinct random brown maid that doesn't that's just racist. That's no. Like, are you kidding me? And then the there's just blatant that phobia that exists in the revival. And it's just like this is Stars Hollow has meant so much to me. And to be, you know, brown and fat and like queer and the way that like those characters who are queer, because we finally acknowledge that like Michelle's queer. And then there's a there's like a lesbian couple, and I think there's a gay couple, too, like a um, a melon couple, and um, it's just I felt like it was really like a fuck you to people who did not watch the W, like did not was not there for the WB or CW airing of the series, and watched it on like in, in its. Um, time on abc family and those people were younger people those people were not like who the show was made for and so all those people fell in love with these characters and this place and then tuned in to watch and then were just utterly disrespected and so for me the revival was one of the biggest disappointments um of any part two any revival any like sequel 
or even prequel that like I've ever engaged with because I it was just yeah you don't belong in this world this is not made for you don't know what to tell you I understand that the political landscape has changed and that socially we are having really important conversations and I didn't necessarily and I wasn't necessarily expecting Amy and Daniel to like invoke that into like the 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 dialogue or like whatever of the show but you realize that you needed to like sprinkle in the diversity yet not address any of it and then still perpetuate bullshit mm-hmm. and then even like april's character happening her being this like stoner kid at like is she at like stanford this stoner kid who's like whatever and i'm like is that so april the people who are april's age who like april i would have been the same age or whatever like it you are disrespecting all of those people by being like this is your i don't know i was just really upset about it and so the original series is rory's book and that's yeah when i was talking about rory how she didn't grow up like as that gifted like she, they could have had a really interesting thing about millennials and having gifted kid burnout and you know learning that what you wanted at 16 is not what you want at 30 and that's okay and you can redirect your lives also they always tell that she's broke and i don't know how she's broke i really want to know how rory is broke um because she had the trust fund i feel like her grandfather left her some money in his will and she was flying all all the time to London to go visit Logan. So I don't. I guess Logan was paying for that. I don't know. But it was really interesting that she always talked about she was broke, um, and that her stuff is like in three different states and all this other stuff. And but yeah, because like in the show, it's, it was saying that instead of saying that oh I need to redirect my life, is that everyone doesn't see how great I am in the revival. Um, when she went to that interview at that, like, I guess, tech magazine kind of thing and how she was kind of like, there was like, yeah, you wrote that stuff. That's great. But that's not what our viewers want. You got to show what, you know, got to at any interview, you got to show your body of work and how you're going to fit into the the culture of the thing. And she's like, no, I'm just too good for this. And like, OK, you don't get the job. Like, I, that's fine. Like, OK, I can find someone to write like you. It's, it's OK. Um, and then she thought that was a slap in the face when the head of Tilton was like, oh, come work for us and be a teacher. I was like, you should take the job. You clearly, that was the only time that ever gave you joy. Just go and become a teacher. Um, which, But, you know, it was kind of like, no one can see my greatness. And it's like, no, everyone told you that you were good and then you got into the real world and you realized that a lot of people are good. <laughs> like, And that could have been a, a better conversation for them to have, but they decided, I guess, because Rory is the main character, they tried to like, make it woe is me um and do the same thing with Lorelai like Lorelai seems so miserable in this whole show and I get it like her I don't know how recently I forgot how recently the grandfather had died Richard died but I get like she's like grieving and things like that but she is she seems very not happy in this whole revival um and so does Luke like they don't seem happy (laughs) uh which I didn't even really talk about either so yeah I think it's also like really 
interesting for me to think about like we you know have heard about Rory being this great journalist and like she you know you don't get to be the editor of the Yale Daily News by being a lackluster journalist right like that's just not a thing and if she truly had been this person then it would have made sense for you know her conflict not to be Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm nine years out of college and I'm just lost in the world and whatever, because there's no, what were you doing if you were such this great person and the conflict could have been, I did all the right things. I went to the, the, all the right schools. I, you know, was this and I was this and I was this. And how am I still not good enough to have a permanent job or to be, you know, this like war correspondent the way that I want it to be, or like there could have been something so much more compelling being said about like her experience of like, I realize now that like all that stuff didn't matter. Like there, there could have been a lot of really powerful storytelling happening and for me yeah i want to address like the the diversity thing again it's not just on the screen but it's also you know behind the screen because the writer's room again looked the same way you know that it looked in the original series which is why like it's just so tone deaf and just like nonsensical i would also like to say um justice for paris because you have this absolutely brilliant person okay who's gotten into law school who's gotten into med school and has to make the decision am i going to be a doctor or am i going to be an attorney and she has found love someone who is weird and smart and all of this she's found her match but we can't have Paris happy in the revival we have to make her some sort of desperate again and it's like no, that it just didn't make sense. And to have Paris like break out because she saw Tristan, what? Like, it's just- That was crazy, yeah. It didn't make sense because that's not who, that's not true to who Paris was. And like, Paris is someone who again has shown such exponential growth over the the course of the series. And I understand that like, you know, Paladinos want to just like pretend like the last season never happened, but- it did, and Paris just deserved better than that. I, it, a couple points you guys both made kind of made me think about how I see a lot of like a, a bit of a boomer lens on uh, Rory because I don't think they had a, a lot of young people on the writing team. It kind of feels a, a, has a tinge of like when boomers tell millennials and Gen Z that they're unwilling to actually work for jobs and they just want things handed to them. And then also with Paris, what you mentioned about Paris, it feels again about like very much old school women have to choose between career and love. Like she, oh, of course she got a divorce because she's so focused on her career. Like, uh... I don't think that's how it has to be anymore. Like, why can't we see Paris thriving as like a woman who knows who she is and has a husband who will accept that and has found and will not settle for less a husband who is who accepts that? Um, why couldn't we see 
her having it all because if anyone can have it all it's Paris right that's exactly what I was about to say if anyone can have it all it's Paris okay because Paris Geller wow that's my girl like it a lot there were a lot of let me not let me not say a lot of good things (laughs) but there were good things that came out of the revival like I love that Paris is a fertility doctor. I think that makes so much sense because it just, it makes me think about like, oh, this is the Yale review. This is the test prep. I saw a need, I filled it, right? Not because of some like goodness of my heart, but because no, people want to have babies. I can make that happen. That's big, that's good money, okay? I'm not ever going out of business. That's Paris, okay? Because she'd be thinking. Um, I, I thought it was a, a cool nod to have um, Dale's character. Oh, he's he's off in Hollywood now writing movies because that actor is actually do like actually went on <laughs> to do that and it's like a writer on several things and and like producer and all that. So like that was cool to like have that little nod. Um I really appreciate it, you know, like uh race's caricature of the maid aside. Mm-hmm. I appreciated seeing Emily's grief. And her kind of character development from this experience. And I think that it it was very true to how grief changes us. And, you know, something could, could have been true for you for years, you know, and or, you know, even like the, the majority of your life. And this one terrible thing happens and it truly ch- like shakes you to your core and to see that on screen and playing that out with Emily was beautiful. And I was just so like really caught up in, in Emily's story. And, you know, so my mom, uh, her favorite character on the show, cause I, I watch Gilmore Girls so much that my mom like has watched so many seasons <laughs> because of me. <laughs> That's how much I watch it. Um, and so my mom thinks Emily's like the funniest person. She cackles whenever Emily shows up. And like I so for me, like, okay, my my parents were married for uh 30 years and my dad died. And the grief journey, so actually my it was wild. Okay, the grief journey that Emily goes on is very similar to the grief journey my mom has been on in, you know, losing your life partner earlier than you thought you were going to and suddenly and feeling like nothing, you know, is is yours anymore and getting rid of possessions and things and I've got to sell this house because I can't live here without him and like all of that even though this and it's like so creepy though that like this happened a year before my dad died like the revival comes out a year before my dad died I um to to watch to think about it I'm like this was an important story to tell and I'm glad that Emily got to tell it yeah and I think it was an important thing to do especially since unfortunately the Richard died in real life before they made the revival so they wanted to make a good homage to him and and things like that I I think that part was the things between Lorelai and Emily I think was very realistic I think everything else wasn't and I think that they 
and I just don't know because just like you said, Tori, the or and Rachel said it to the writers' room is so much older. I feel like they had those conversations before in their lives already, so they were able to tap into that. But the millennials stories they couldn't relate to that so that's why those didn't ring as true as that other part um i just want to kind of bring everything not bring everything together but just talking about this the rewatchability of the show uh because and that been rewatchable because yeah, it's totally yeah my <laughs> one of my best friends um she was always like you keep talking about these people and like this is just not her vibe at all like and and any and everything that that this show is <laughs> something that like, she's attracted to not like she doesn't and she went to grad school this year and uh you know she was spending a lot of time uh, and it, she went to grad school in a different state. And so she's been in a lot of time on her own at first. And then also, you know, grad school sucks for a lot of reasons. And sometimes you just need something to hold on to. Oh so she texted me and she was like, oh, I started watching uh, Gilmore Girls because you, you know, have always talked about it and you've always told me I need to watch it. And she watched all of the seasons uh, within the first, no, I want to say within from like October of her first semester until like April of her second semester. And like, now she loves Gilmore Girls. She like sent me a card where like, it's like quotes from the show and like all of this. And this is someone watching it for the first time in 2021, you know? And that's like, ah, it's just so rewatchable. And like, yes, some things did not age. And like, it's just funny to see like, Rory having a beeper like what <laughs> um all of that and it's just it's a fun time I love this show so dearly it is a constant like let me just rewatch this sometimes I'll just you know go and watch my favorite episodes I cannot tell you how many hours I have spent watching like fan compilation clips of this show okay look I love it. I love it. I love it. Because the show is so rewatchable, as we all talked about, like we watched it way beyond it aired and we still resonate and we still watch it again. Do you think in five years, do you think we would get an actual reboot? Like, do you think someone might actually want to take it on and be like, I'm going to make like a diverse, like a Wonder Years kind of thing where it was an all white cast in the beginning and then they reboot it to like an all black cast, like an all black family? Do you think they might? Do you think they might do something like that to the show? Kind of like have the Gilmore Girls aesthetic, but also bring it into the 21st century? I am ready for more original content. I think that what's cool about the Wonder Years is that it was already this like back in the day nostalgic thing, right? Mm -hmm. And a show like Gilmore Girls that happened, you know, as the times, you know, it's set in the time that it's being filmed. To have that show now, I feel like, although they're not at all the same, I feel like Jenny and Georgia, whatever it was, is called. Yeah, I feel like Jenny and Georgia. Yeah, yeah, it it feel it fills some of that that gap, right? Mm-hmm. That opportunity. But I also am just thinking about how. There are shows about mothers and daughters who are brown, who are queer, who are whatever that exist. 
And I would like for them to really have that shine. Mm -hmm. And I think about like how you said, like with the Wonder Years. So I grew up loving uh, the original Wonder Years. Oh my God, like so much. And so when I heard the new one was coming and then that it was a black family and that all of them was dark skin, what? (laughs) But like, wow, I'm gagging. I'm so excited. Um, I loved it, but I also think that it gives so much cultural commentary because it is impossible to do the show without you know acknowledging you know this is the the, the reality of black people this is the reality of the people there's no way we could have a 32 year old black woman who had a child at 16 now lives in a small what like are we going to be like instead of connecticut we're going to have her live in a incompetent like i just mm-hmm. feel i don't trust the palandinos mm-hmm. with uh yes. marginalized people i don't trust the mm-hmm. marginalized people um and i know that they're not gonna be like oh yes let's do gilmore girls 2023 and let somebody else be in charge of it because mm-hmm. i don't trust them with marginalized people they've already showed me how they feel and i don't absolutely mm-hmm. not yeah, no, I, I was just thinking that like, I don't feel like this show will get a reboot without it being a diverse cast. And I feel like that would be, I feel like that would be like the only way f- for it to happen. But I think Jenny and Georgia is probably, because people compared it to Gilmore Girls anyway. And I feel like that probably will be like our connection. And I also think Gen Z is so, it'd be so interesting. And I don't think the Palladinos couldn't write a millennial character. I damn sure know they're right. not going to be able to write a Gen Z character. <laughs> so that would be really interesting. But Rachel, what do you think? Do you think we will see a reboot or? Uh, I mean, I think what makes Gilmore Girls special is not necessarily its premise, but it's it's just the fact that it's in a very dynamic small town. And I feel like that could really be done in any new original idea. Um, and so I think we can just see a new show with that mm-hmm. with that kind of setting. Uh, I could see them trying to continue the Gilmore Girls series because of the whole Rory being pregnant or something. So yeah, so I, I'd I'd like to see more shows with kind of the same feel rather than the gritty teen dramas we've seen. But I don't know if I need to see a reimagining of Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. I think let's bring right. up more original ideas. Yeah. Also, like I don't want you know because I feel like what they're doing with reboots now and like what they have been doing for like the last like decade is making them gritty and da 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 and this is the dark city underworld like I don't want to see I don't want Stars Hollow to be like that like please <laughs> uh, the rewatchability is is there so let's let's stick to that mm-hmm. yeah so real quick, can I make one comment? I had an epiphany mm-hmm. at like about 20 minutes ago of why I don't like Jess. <gasps> I, I, I had it like, I lost someone saying something. I think it's, I'm putting a lot into him that I think is maybe not there because I was an English major in college. And I think he reminds me of every guy in the English department. And I think I'm putting a lot of like how I see them onto <laughs> this is my epiphany. <laughs> I can see that. I oh my god. That. Oh my that. god. That makes so much sense and I think it also has to do with like when you watched. I was so um shout out to Kylie who is the number one Kylie's I'm not going to say her last name. Um who is the number one Gilmore Girls fan I've ever met in my entire life. Like she got um 
she got it tatted on her body. Like she, she, she in there deep. Okay. She is a citizen of Stars Hollow. Um, she <laughs> wrote this blog post about how your choice of the boyfriends, the love interest depends on when you watch the show. And so that's why for me as, you know, like a 14 year old watching the show, of course, Jess is, we gonna love him down. Wow. And although I was an English major, right? I don't see, I wasn't dealing with the like patriarchal, I'm going to talk down to you. The best book in the world is uh, on the road or in thin air. Like, (laughs) um, guys first and then watching Jess. Jess was my, was actually really my first introduction ever to like a boy who read and loved reading and was able to talk about these characters and wanted to have these deep conversations about music and lyricism and so on and so forth and was just all of the things that I felt about engaging with media that's how Jess engaged with it Mm -hmm. and so by the time that I got to college and like was interacting with these like white dudes who were like oh yeah this is the best book ever I was just like shut up don't talk to me like I just exists separately to them and it's not until right now when you said that that it even dawned on me I mean it makes sense for me too in a classroom would exist and take up that same space that I hated in my classes and I saw that first before seeing him on yeah and so that's that's why I'm like and since you were in college when you watched it yeah Oh, that's my epiphany so <laughs> and i hope i hope that, that explains so why then i have so much ick when it comes to him <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean that's the same thing with me and tristan um i love lucas eugene scott and dreaming so like my love of chad michael murray cinderella story he always like I, I love him so much. And so like watching that during that time, like I'm watching What You Heal during the time that I was watching Gilmore Girls and especially during college when I was rewatching One Tree Hill like once a year because it was my comfort show. Um, I think that's why I gravitated so much to Tristan. And that's why I always add him to the story because I, I remember him so much <laughs> and I remember <laughs> him so fondly. And I also love the OC and that's probably why I love Dave so much. And so like, I feel like, of the other content I would listen to yeah Yeah, and I also love heroes which is (gasps) okay sorry okay I I can't I can't I can't I'm so excited we can talk about this I love some heroes I love some heroes I love Milo almost as much as I love Jess let's like to be real and that has never happened where I identify with and love and like have a great affinity toward both the actor and the character but for me it's both um so I love that and I'm thinking about like I watch Gilmore Girls before like I watched Gilmore Girls all the way through before I started watching One Tree Hill because I didn't start watching One Tree Hill until season four mm-hmm. like while it was airing on the CW and then I like did a rewatch and so there's that and then also like uh I think I grew up with Tristan's and I was just like, you have always picked on me. <laughs> oh yeah, no, we would like, never be friends in real life. But you have always picked on me. Like I, uh, yeah, but wow. 
Wow. Realizations. Wow. <laughs> um, I do want to say that one of my favorite um, scenes ever is Rory's graduation speech. Um, it just makes me so happy. When I am sad sometimes, I will literally <laughs> go to YouTube. And as soon as I hear the headmaster Charleston, faculty members, fellow students, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just, it makes me cry and I love it. And it is perfect. And that is how Rory is talking about the people in her life is how I feel about the show in general. Is that like, it showed me people who read into media as much as I did, who valued community and interacting with each other and loved food. <laughs> Just like, it was not, I had never watched anything like it. And I love the show. Well, that's a fantastic conclusion. <laughs> I think that's a heartfelt note to the to the show Gilmore Girls. Um, and it's a good positive note to end on. Uh, before we do wrap this up and go, though, um, Tori, do you have anything to plug or anything you want? Oh, to yeah. Y'all should definitely follow me on editorializing on TikTok. But uh, my name is Tori, spelled T-O-R-Y. And so editorializing is at a Tory get alizing um, <laughs> because I just be talking. Well, of course, put that handle in our description. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for inviting me. I take this as a very important duty and honor. Um, I'm so glad that I was selected. So thank y'all. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, next week is going to be Pre-Go Liars. So we're going to be doing a full 180. Uh, we're going from Stars oh, Hollow yeah. to Rosewood. Very different vibe. Gonna, very different vibe. Um, oh my God. But exciting. <laughs> but exciting nonetheless. You know? And very problematic in a lot of different ways, too. <laughs> I was going to say, y'all have to talk about it. I'm going to send of y'all course. a quote that uh, Troy and Belisario um, said. I'm going to send y'all a quote. Because um, she was always like, people were coming up to her and saying, like, why is Spencer always going after these young men and or these men? And she was like, why are these men always trying to talk to a child? Yeah. So, mm. so I'm very excited to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, very different though. Yeah, I'm not excited to watch the reboot though, which I know. Oh yeah, I heard it was about. spooky. I heard it was scary, but we gotta go. Well, bye. All right, bye.